All right. Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It is uh, Wednesday, May 12th, 2021. Uh, we take a break from our catechesis through the book of First Samuel for just a few days to consider some readings that pertain to tomorrow's feast day, the Feast of the Ascension of our Lord. Um, as we talked about, uh, we did not choose to conduct an Ascension Day service this year, although uh, I'm making a case for it, obviously, for next year. I actually make a case for many of those occasional festivals, but uh, recognize that it's not always uh, easy <laughs> to convince people that there's such a thing as going to church not on Sunday morning, uh, if that's not their practice. I mean, we do it for hmm, Holy Week. We do it for, um, obviously, Christmas time. We go to church whenever Christmas is, regardless of whether it's a Sunday or not. But for some reason, uh, the other high feasts of the church here, especially Ascension Day, um, but even even those uh, feast days for the saints uh, and apostles, hmm, we're not so good about uh, recognizing those. And uh, I've lamented it. I've tried to implement it in various ways in the congregations I've served, but... There we are. All right. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Say our memory verse for this week. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 9. And Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. For great is his steadfast love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right. Our first reading today is from Daniel chapter 7. I watched till thrones were put in place, and the Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels a burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was sealed, the books were opened. I watched then because of the sound of the pompous words which the horn was speaking. I watched till the beast was slain, and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As for the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. 
Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. Obviously, this is a a key vision given to Daniel, um, key in our understanding of uh, Jesus himself and of the New Testament ministry um, that he's given, right? So we have the Ancient of Days, of course, we know later this is God the Father, right? Um, and well, I would say that's that's true, <laughs> whether you agree or not. Uh, and of course, this is the the judgment on the last day when the devil and his angels, all known here as the beast and the other beasts, right, are destroyed, utterly destroyed. Um, and then also you see the title Son of Man. This is where um, Jesus, when he adopts that term, he's drawing reference to the book of Daniel. This is something that perhaps is not. Uh, well understood by us, but the apocalyptic texts in the Old Testament, especially Ezekiel, Daniel, um, some of Isaiah, for example, these were really at the forefront, I think, of um, those people anticipating the Messiah at the time of Christ, or before the time of Christ. We, can, we know this actually from um, the, the scrolls that are extant from uh, the Dead Sea, right, that were discovered at... Um, Oh, I forget the name of the place right on the Dead Sea. Mm, okay. Anyway, when they uh, discovered those scrolls, they found a complete scroll of Isaiah, for example. Um, they also found many of these apocalyptic texts, uh, and they do seem to be key uh, in the background of um, the expectation of who the Messiah would be, right? And Daniel would be a good example of that. Um, and so uh, Jesus himself adopts this term, Son of Man, and then um, all the language of the New Testament, especially Matthew 28 here, about glory and a kingdom and peoples, nations, and languages serving him, well, that clearly figures in um, to his understanding of his self-identity, but then also the church um, that is his kingdom. All right. Then our reading for catechesis is from Matthew 28, uh, 16 to 20, sometimes called the Great Commission. Right? The Great Commission for who is the question? We'll see. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things as I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. All right. So quite a familiar text, uh, one that we learn in our catechesis, right, in, in our uh, confession of baptism. Uh, notice in the, uh, in the chat here, well, I, should, I, I didn't acknowledge who's here. Michael's here, Don, and Grace, Eileen, and Gus, they're on YouTube. Uh, Janie, and uh, I see there in the chat on YouTube, that the name of the place where the scrolls were found is Qumran. Yes, the Qumran Caves, um, near Ein Feshka on the northern shore of the Dead Sea in the West Bank. All right. And they're still finding, uh, they found a few more um, with our newer, I guess they call it LIDAR, the new technology where they can really kind of do virtual digging uh, and they can find these caves. So they found a few more uh, caves here recently that they've, they're hard to get to, but they managed to um, start to excavate. Okay. All right, so who went to Galilee, according to verse 16 here? The 11 disciples, right? Now, why is this important? 
for the institution of what we call the office or the Amt of the Holy Ministry, Amt being German, the Kirchenamt. This would be the predict Amt, I suppose, the preaching office. Yeah, it's these 11 disciples are being set apart to be preachers of the gospel. That's what he's doing. Although they were sinful and doubted, and although the women were the first witnesses of the resurrection, right? Jesus appointed these men as his preachers. Right? So this, this uh, great commission is given <laughs> for the office of the holy ministry. Uh, why did they go to Galilee, of all places? Well, that's where Jesus told them he would be uh, back in Matthew 26. Uh, you know, and after I've, well, let's just find it here. Matthew 26, probably 30 something. Uh, oh yes, here it is. I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Verse 32. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered and said to him, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never made, be made to stumble. Right? So it's in that context of Peter's denial being predicted. Right? I will go before you to Galilee. So they remembered that word. Um, what's the odd thing, though, that's revealed in verse 17? Some of the disciples still doubted. Right? So Thomas is not alone. If you want to import that here. Um, what authority was Jesus speaking about when he says all authority, all uh, panta exousia in Greek. I've studied this a few times. I can remember the Greek of it even. Yeah, this is all authority uh, is actually the authority to forgive sins. Really? Yes, that's what he's talking about. Go back to Matthew 9 for this. For Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? Verse 5, For which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise and walk? And here we go but that you may know that the Son of Man, ooh, there's that Daniel title, has exousia, uh, authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Now when the disciples saw it, they marveled and glorified God, who had given such, exousia again, authority to men. Um, interestingly enough, New King James is utterly inconsistent. Here they, in Matthew 28, it's all authority, in Matthew 9, it's both, both times that we just read it, it's actually translated as power. He has given power to men, and he's given power on earth. Uh, we've talked about this at length, I think, uh, on other occasions, but I think we have to really um, drill down on this continuously, is that, especially in the church, we don't play power games. Um, but I, actually, I would say in uh, society, we don't play power games. Power games is the way of disorder, it's the way of chaos, and it's also the way of the devil then. All right? He's the one who uses the language of power, who has the power, right? Um, that's why that, that icon of the, of the fist, you know, well, to, collectively, we all have power if all five of us are working together, right? And so you see this with trade unions. Now you see it with Black Lives Matter. You see it in other cases. It's always about power, but it's not asking the right question. It actually doesn't matter who has power or ability even. The question is who has the authority, right? Where has that authority been vested or given? Right? And of course, we believe that all authority comes from God, um, namely from the Father by way of the Son. Right? So it isn't a matter of power or even ability, but it is a, it's actually a question of authority. Right? We need to be careful about that. And that's why man, the, the Bible doesn't translate consistently. And one place says authority, another place says power for the same word. 
Um, it veils that understanding, I think, quite well. Uh, maybe not unintentionally, but still in a way that's not helpful. All right. So the authority that he's talking about is the authority to forgive sins. All right. So what were the disciples to make? Verse 19, go and therefore and make disciples of all nations um, by baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know that. Also conditional, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. All right. So what is a disciple? A disciple is a follower, uh, we would say a believer or a catechumen of Jesus, right? One who listens to him and follows in the way that he leads, and he leads by his words, okay? Um, Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path, okay? So who were to be made disciples? Make disciples of who? All nations, just like we saw back in uh, Daniel 7, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. Is this term inclusive or exclusive of age groups or nationalities or other distinctions? All right. The church is utterly inclusive, right? The gospel is for all, namely the forgiveness of sins is for all, regardless of age, color, or nationality, right? So there, there is no distinction made. Uh, one, on one hand, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? The sin, our sin is not what distinguishes us. It is what separates us from God, right? when all are forgiven freely for Christ's name. All right. Uh, what does baptize mean? <laughs> I know it's a technical term. We just leave it. We actually just transliterate it from the Greek baptizo. It just means to wash with water. That's what it means. Of course, we use it in a technical sense here, uh, the Christian sense, which is water with the word. And what word in particular? Verse 19 here. Yes, in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Now, note, who is commanded um, to teach all nations and to baptize all nations? To baptize all nations and to teach them to observe. Who is that command given to? It's given to the eleven, right? And to the office of the holy ministry. Um, This text is used often to describe the work of the church, which is correctly understood insofar as the office of the holy ministry belongs to the church. right, so the church does make disciples by baptizing and teaching them, which is exercised through the office of the ministry, right? So you need somebody to baptize, and you don't have a pastor, ordain a pastor. Set somebody apart, make them your pastor. Okay? That was Walter's answer way back at the beginning of the founding of the synod. All right. Um, verse 20, this is a key one too, where eh, usually mistranslated. Lo, or teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, right? That word observe. Um, old NIV from you know the 80s that translated it as obey. Um, we've talked about this same word. It's used say in Luke, uh, where Mary um, pondered these things and stored them up or treasured them in her heart. Treasured them. It's the same word actually, the treasure. So what is this? This is to hold fast, right? This is the icon in our stained glass window of the of the anchor that's uh, that's bound. You're bound to this anchor which is Jesus in his word. So then the term translated as all things I have commanded simply means everything that Jesus had taught them in his preaching, right? To hold fast to it. Why is this um, important for a clear understanding of verse 20? Yeah, we hold fast, not just selectively to the teachings we like or the things that uh, agree with us or that we agree with, 
but rather we hold on to all the teachings of Jesus and catechize all nations in all these teachings. There's this Ponta word, this all. It's in, it's um, inclusive, not only of all people, um, but it's all things that Jesus taught, right? So you can see, hmm, there is still the potential for a divide. What's the divide? Those who will not hold to all the teachings of Jesus, right? Um, and those who separate themselves um, from others because of um, false identifications, um, sexual identity would, would be a big one today, right? Um, Jesus actually doesn't make any distinction, male or female, right? And that's not the dividing um, factor here. Uh, but that is a sin, right? To go against God's word, uh, namely to go against the word that created you and assigned um, to you, your X and Y, your just Y chromosomes, right? To go against that is to go against God's word. He made them male and female. And to go against them then uh, without repentance is um, is to set one apart oneself apart from the teaching of Jesus. Right? That's the thing we don't understand about sexual identity. It's actually a way of denying the baptismal identity we have in Jesus. All right. So don't define yourself by arbitrary categories, especially categories that go against Jesus and His Word, that will set you apart from Jesus. And this is what we're seeing in in uh, liberal churches, I suppose, in particular. All right, so on the basis of this text, how is Jesus with his church and with his ministers? Right, so how does this apply to you as the Christian church? He's with you through your baptism, all right, and through the preaching of all things that he has uh, commanded or uh, all things to observe all things that I've commanded you, right? That's the preaching of the forgiveness of sins. That's how Jesus continues to be with you through your baptism and the preaching of the forgiveness of sins. And what is the end of the age? Well, it's just what we t- heard about. That's why he gives us that son of man designation or, or a hint towards the son of man designation with all nations. The end of the age is exactly what we saw here above in Daniel 7, right? The kingdom which shall not be destroyed. This is when Christ comes again to judge uh, the living and the dead. All right, there's much more that could be said about this text. Um, but again, hmm, I would caution you to, to make the move that I've seen made in many different contexts, contexts whether it's uh, LWML or this year's actually theme verse for um, Lutheran schools, uh, Missouri Synod Lutheran schools, where this command to baptize and teach is given to all people. Now, it is true um, that pat, uh, parents and others are given to teach, but this is a specific commission given to the apostolic ministers of the church, the disciples, and thus then to the apostolic church as a whole. Right? Um, that does not, does not uh, negate or um, uh, diminish the role of parents and teachers in teaching uh, the Christian faith, um, but it does indicate the unique preaching office that is given uh, within the church. All right? So we're not setting those two things opposed to each other, but we are setting them um, uniquely or distinguishing those two because they are distinguishable in God's word in his institution all right meditation on this text Jesus instituted the preaching office for the church he sets aside males as the holders of this office they are to proclaim all the words he preached to them through baptizing and catechizing people of every nation they make disciples that is believers in Jesus Jesus gives in this office of the holy ministry the authority to forgive sins. The authority, this authority was his to bestow because he was the one who died and rose again for the salvation of all men. 
Through the office of preaching, Christ wants this forgiveness of sins to be proclaimed freely to all nations. Through the office of the preaching of the gospel, Christ continues to be present with his church on earth. Well, that's probably another note that should be made too. Uh, The uh, command to forgive, or rather the gift of forgiveness, the authority to forgive, that's given to all Christians as well. It's uniquely exercised by the church in the office of the keys, right, by the pastors of the church. But um, all Christians have been um, instructed, given, even commanded uh, to forgive, right? Just as we say in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses. So again, they're not set opposed to each other, uh, but they are distinguished from each other. The office of forgiveness given uniquely to the pastor in the church and that office of forgiveness given uh, to all Christians, whether it be husband or wife, parents to children, teachers, etc. All right. We confess a table of duties to workers of all kinds. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but like slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men, because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for whatever good he does, whether he is slave or free. We pray. Heavenly Father, your Son became a slave for us to redeem us from all sin. He worked for our salvation, though we did not deserve it. And he submitted to your will with all his heart. Forgive us all dishonor and disrespect toward our earthly masters, and grant us the grace of your Son that we might serve in our life's work with faithfulness toward you and in love and obedience for those we are called to serve. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. On this Wednesday, we pray for marriage and family, that husbands and wives, parents and children live in ordered harmony according to the Word of God. For parents who must rear their children alone, for our communities and neighborhoods, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help us, good Lord, by the mystery of your holy incarnation, by your holy nativity, by your baptism, fasting, and temptation, by your agony and bloody sweat, by your cross and passion, by your precious death and burial, by your glorious resurrection and ascension, and by the coming of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. On this May 12th, we pray in Thanksgiving with um, Aelin and James and Dennis and Bev, all who celebrate their birthday. We're also, we also pray in Thanksgiving with uh, candidate Paul Marks and candidate Robert Schrader, both called to be pastors in our circuit. We pray for those who are ill, receiving treatment or recovering, especially Tristan, Marcella, Jeremy, Kelsey, Amanda, Roy, John, Timothy, Janice, Sandy, Linda, Ken, and Blair. Our homebound, Bev, David, Willis and Janice, and Mickey. And the missions and mercy work of the church, especially Lutherans for Life and Sheboygan County Hispanic Outreach. Let us pray to the Lord, Lord of mercy. Prayer collect for this week. O God, the giver of all that is good, by your holy inspiration, grant that we may think those things that are right and by your merciful guiding accomplish them. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, 
that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we sing our hymn, which you actually heard before, uh, the recording that I did for Lutheran Public Radio here recently, uh, but now we'll sing it together. you're coming to love it yourself uh, and you'll be well equipped then to sing it as a congregation uh, not this Sunday but the following Sunday is our opening hymn as I said yesterday all right so that's why we're taking the time to learn it uh, we do the same thing with the children again uh, looking forward to next fall hopefully doing that daily with the children and with you uh, today is Wednesday so uh, I have multiple catechesis classes here to teach today chapel in a few minutes but also um, youth catechesis this afternoon 
And then this evening, uh, we will have our Bible study on the book of Hebrews. We move into a quite familiar chapter, actually, Hebrews chapter 11. I'm talking about the faith of the saints, all right? And what, what makes them saints? <laughs> Not their righteous living, um, but their faith in the Son of God, all right? So we'll look at that and uh, be blessed by that. So join us this evening, if you can stay awake, 7 p.m. Uh, otherwise, of course, you can watch it on replay, God willing, tomorrow. All right, have a blessed day. We'll see you soon.